0: Welcome, America. My name is Joe Concha. I'm a media opinion columnist for The Hill. You see me on Fox News. I'm actually a contributor there now on the network on Sean's show. It seems every Friday. It's a Friday thing with Sean and me for whatever reason. And I'll be your guy for the next three hours. And first, I got to start off with my sympathies to the state of Pennsylvania. Because now it has been announced by their governor and we will have uh linda or our very capable and very passionate uh producer weighing in on this in just a moment but let's explain why she is certainly fired up about this as is basically the whole keystone state the state of pennsylvania is suspending alcohol sales starting wednesday afternoon through the thanksgiving holiday because of covid which means all alcohol in the state will be sold today and tomorrow of course how does this make any sense so on Wednesday afternoon, you want to get a bottle of wine for Thanksgiving. Uh-uh. Not allowed to do it. It's like uh, after the seventh inning at Yankee Stadium, you can't get a beer anymore. So I'm pretty sure people are smart, and they're just going to go out and just load up, as I am, of course. And I'm in New Jersey, but I just do that out of habit, for the Thanksgiving holiday anyway. I, this makes absolutely no sense. Linda, your thoughts?
1: You, you know, first of all, I just want to you know, commend you on your honesty about your daily habits. So that, that right there was well, funny. Very you know, well they done.
0: say the first part is
1: uh, admitting you have a problem. <laughs> we're, we're so grateful to have you here guest hosting for The Boss. So thanks for coming in. Yeah, just And before, sober. Just, yeah, and sober. And just try at least till 5 o'clock, you know, and then everybody's drinking. But, yeah. I mean, I'm looking up at the TVs here in the studio, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, you're taking away people's holidays. You're telling them they can't walk their dogs at 10.01, but they can walk their dog at 9.59. You tell them that they can't buy alcohol on Thursday, but they can buy alcohol on Wednesday. You know what this tells me? You don't know which end is up and I don't have to listen to you anymore because we elected you. You work for us. And I think that's something that, you know, these people all need to be reminded of. You know, Newsome, Wolf, we got Idiot Cuomo. I mean, it's just never ending. And like, you're going to take away my alcohol? You're going to take away my family? Then you're going to take away my alcohol? Or for those of us who have family that have decided, forget it, we're all going to sit around a mass six feet apart in your house. You really need alcohol then. You know, we we need that. You can't take that away. It makes no sense. This is absolute ridiculousness.
0: Let me quote Homer, and I mean as in Simpson. Alcohol is the cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
1: Well done, all right? Exactly right. I'm, exactly. I'm telling you, man. I know our audience, and I know they're going to be pissed. Forgive me for those who have kids in the car, but I'm telling you right now, this is not okay. And it makes no. These are just rules to make rules. You know, it's like this is dictatorship. Like, ah, you know what? We already, you know, we're good. We get wine delivered to the house, so we're just going to shut down. You know, this uh, little mom and pop wine and beer store. Why? This is one of their biggest days. This is how they make their rent, guys.
0: Come they struggled enough, man. and then yeah, you're right. For Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, that's got to be. The, you know their what biggest I'm night This is the
1: biggest night. It's not okay. Yep. It's not okay. You
0: know, you know what gets people very pissed off? Sorry, kids. Very pissed off, Linda. After months of mass protests, right? People shouting, gathering close. Uh, you saw those victory parties, so, yeah? For, I mean, for we're Jill talking Biden a week when,
1: ago. A week ago, yeah, a week they ago. got them all huddled together, and they're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. But, oh, you, you want to give me a break?
0: Did you see the one video? This is the best thing ever. And it, find this online if you can. Not if you're driving, of course. I, I can't be responsible for that. But there's uh, a bunch of, uh, it looks like probably college-aged uh, girls, and they're celebrating in Philadelphia, actually, right, where this was all allowed two weeks ago. Again, can't buy alcohol starting Wednesday, right? But here's the thing. They're drinking, they have masks on, right? And that's always the excuse that you hear. Well, at the Biden celebrations, everybody was wearing masks. Yeah, while well, 15,000 people were within two blocks of each other. Give me a the break. masks don't really work when you don't socially distance. Do you get that? But here's the funny part, Linda. They they drink a uh, you know swig, a bottle of champagne, right? So they put their mask down, swig a bottle of champagne. Then they pass it to somebody else without cleaning it off or anything. And they drink the champagne and then put the mask back on.
1: Have they we, not we heard were, of we backwash? are surrounded by idiots. Can't be. I mean, backwash is a pretty common theme. This, this is like, you know, if you went to college for like a month, you know how this works. Give me a break.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. So that, that, that's what we see going on, right? California, all right, Governor Newsom, uh, this guy, right, he goes to dinner with six different people from six different households indoors in Napa, no mass. And he just shut down the state a couple of days ago. So that's why everybody's so angry. March, April, everybody I know, they played by the rules, right? But then the minute that we had those protests going on after George Floyd, then all bets were off. And I heard this one line, I nearly, actually I did, I fell off my chair, broke two ribs. When I was watching this at home, somebody said, the cause is bigger than the virus. Oh, That's how it works. Okay. COVID has a curfew, apparently, as well, as you you, said. Did you hear Uh, what else happened? Restaurants closing at 10. With Newsom?
1: I don't know. You probably know this already, that he deemed the media and entertainment companies essential. They got a FEMA pass. (laughs) So all your mom and (laughs) pops are closed. But the entertainment industry is essential because they're going to make the television programs for you to watch while you're sitting on your, you know what, at home, not able to work. I swear.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing. Saturday Night Live? They're allowed to have an in-studio audience at 30 Rock. You ever been to that studio before? It's it's the size of my apartment in Hoboken back in 97. <laughs> I mean, people are right on top of each other, right? They're allowed to do that, but then a block away, Broadway is not allowed to open. See, you could find not a mess. contradiction basically in every state. Cuomo, MTV Music Awards that went on here not too long ago, allowed all these stars to fly in to perform. They didn't have to quarantine for two weeks like everybody else. Again, these exceptions made for for celebrities or, or for uh, these politicians, these leaders, so to speak. And now Cuomo's getting an Emmy, which I'm going to be talking about in a couple of minutes. We also have Rand Paul. Coming up as well uh, in the show, Carol Roth, a dear friend of mine uh, who knows basically the finance game better than anybody going to talk about all these Democratic proposals that will absolutely happen if Georgia doesn't stay in the hands of Republicans, therefore keeping a majority in the Senate for Republicans. Because remember, you have a, a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate everything's getting to Joe Biden's desk as far as abolishing ICE, abolishing the filibuster, abolishing the Electoral College. Hey, we're going to add two states. One of them's DC. Again, the size of my apartment in Hoboken in 97. They're going to be a state with two senators. How does that work? And then Puerto Rico as well will be a state. Therefore, you'll have four more Democratic senators and that will forever change the balance of power of Washington. So things like that will happen if Georgia doesn't go to at least one of those two Republicans running down there. Yet, what we're seeing these days are, again, journalists becoming activists, including Tom Friedman, New York Times, Pulitzer winner, goes on the New York Brothers uh, CNN show, New York Governor's Brothers CNN show on, I think it was uh, last week. And he said, everybody should pick up and move to Georgia so they could vote in that election. One problem with that, that's voter fraud. And yet you have somebody on national TV advocating this and the guy interviewing him, it's like bobblehead night to shake it and said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, Andrew Yang also uh, says he's moving to Georgia so he could help the Democrats win, which is interesting because he's a CNN political analyst now. So again, we have journalists becoming activists. It's not even bias anymore, it's activism, yay. Oh, hey, uh, Linda, I, I was talking to you about this before. Uh, John Kerry will be back in government once again. He will be your climate czar for the Biden administration. We should play the czar music under that, you know, because yeah, there it is. John F. Kerry, 2004 Democratic nominee, losing to George W. Bush, but continues to fail up after that debacle. Became Secretary of State, was responsible for the Iran deal, and now he will be your climate czar. This is the same John Kerry who had a 70 foot yacht. Valued at $7 million that he parked in Rhode Island so he wouldn't have to pay taxes in Massachusetts. Also has five luxury homes, an SUV, and a private jet. And he's going to tell you (laughs) how to live your life and protect the environment. I have said this before. I will say it again a billion times. Unless you get China. And I'll say it the way Trump says it. China. China. India. Russia. On board of any climate accord. Whatever that is. Ain't nothing going to change because they're the three biggest polluters. So we can do everything we want to here in this country, spend trillions of dollars. It won't matter as long as China keeps doing what it's doing. And even Kerry in 2019 says that we should treat climate change like a war. OK, so we're going to go to war with China over the climate. Good luck. Ah. And we're still only two months (laughs) from Biden actually getting into office. But there you go. The tremendous uh, czar music there, by the way. I think after the whole Russia thing over the last four years, I don't think we want to go the whole czar route anymore. Anyway, interesting uh, things I want to share with you here.
1: While you were talking, I just got a call from a Pennsylvania caller, very nice person, Uh who says to me, Linda, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He says, all of the liquor stores in Pennsylvania are owned by the state, so they're federal employees, so they can't even fight it. That's why he has so much control. The only thing that's not under their uh, purview is beer and wine coolers. Because I said, I said, I knew about liquor, but what about wine and beer? He goes, wine coolers. I had no idea. Wine
0: coolers? Wait, wine coolers are devastating, by the way. You yeah, know they no have kidding, more alcohol? That's a
1: massive headache, man.
0: I remember you, I think it was 97, your sophomore year. And again, this 1997 keeps coming up. Uh, and Bartles and James are only sold in four packs because they hit you that hard. Not that I drank them. I was more of a Zima guy myself. But <laughs> that makes no sense, by the way. Why, why is beer and, and wine coolers exempt? It's still alcohol. I don't
1: know. I'm looking up the law.
0: Really? I was no, I, I honestly, before the callers just you know shut down the show completely. Pats blue ribbon. That's what I drank. It's what I still drink, and I have I have the the receipts to prove it. Uh, okay, so federal employees. How did? What kind of state is Pennsylvania? I, I'm not getting this place at all. You know, it's batted up with the Eagles, but now this, I, I feel sorry. Do you live there,
1: by the way? Uh, am I allowed to? Uh, I do ask you. That? I live there. I That's why I'm so angry.
0: Wow! How have do, to get all get my alcohol
1: on the way home today.
0: I guess so. So, what is your drink, by the way, Linda? Everybody wants to know.
1: Oh yeah, well, I'm more of a Tito's and tonic kind of girl.
0: Ah, but I also
1: love Prosecco. I love, I love anything bubbly. Prosecco is my favorite. Yada yada. That's my girly drink. But Tito's and tonic is the way to go.
0: I know this show is big, uh, particularly below the Mason Dixon line uh, where I went to college and uh, I, I was dating a gal and, uh, you know, I got a beer and she's like, when are you going to man up? You know, she was from like Georgia or something. I'm like, uh, man up. She goes, beer, beers for boys. You should be drinking bourbon. It was the, it was the sexiest thing anybody's ever said to me. you know, <laughs> I, 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 Until that point, I'm married now and now I, I'm maker's mark, man. That changed my life. And awesome. then she uh, cheated on me with my uh, with my best friend. That's actually a true story. Hey, Jason, if you're listening out, you know, buddy, don't think I forgot about that.
1: Oh, dang. Yeah, oh, this, sorry. this show's just getting better and better. Uh, well,
0: you know, we got to gotta make it personal. The folks out there may not know me in any way, uh, right? So I have to, you know, share, share the personal stuff.
1: I want you to share the other one, the story about your car.
0: Oh, well, we're going to go there. All right, let's go there. So my car was stolen. I remember the day, 13 August. 2020, the worst year in human history, right? It's got to be, at least in our lifetime. So the pandemic, obviously, my kids are home for months and months from school and I love them and everything, but boy, when they went back, <laughs> you want to talk about bourbon. I had eggs and kegs that day. I mean, it was really just a, a celebratory. Oh, dang. But, uh, you know, I'm just telling you. Uh, and, and so I, I think I had a point around this. Oh yeah, so my car was stolen and then I get a call a couple weeks later that it was recovered. I'm like, this is great. I go down to the tow yard, the thing's told, right? I mean, just airbags out and dents and everything. And, and the idiots that stole this thing actually left receipts in the back. So I think the investigation's still ongoing of, in terms of where they went. But it was basically a joyride thing. So then after that, uh, I'm like, OK, well, you know, at least I'll get my, you know, I, I, have an, I have an old car that I could still use and I guess that's all right. My, my basement floods. The, the whole thing, the, the, the pipe burst. And so my where I had my TV studio, where I joined Fox, that thing burst. Then my kid on her birthday breaks her arm when she falls oh off our swing God. set. I'm like, what kind of year am I living in? So 2020
1: again. is bad, man. It's a bad yes. year for everybody.
0: You know what, Linda? I, I know you're good at this stuff. You could quickly grab me uh, a song that will make me think of 2021, where it's got to get, you know, the whole Biden thing aside, better, right? And, and when that ball will be dropping and I hear, yeah, there it is. Thank you, Linda old anxiety and I'm alone in Times Square, out of my mind, I'll be saying, thank you. Thank you, God, that 2021 is here, and I got the vaccine, and I could go to a freaking Yankee game again. It's only now 38 days away, and then we could close the chapter on what was the worst year, possibly, in human history. Rand Paul, Carol Roth, Derek Hunter, those are your guests on the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Joe Concha filling in on this glorious Monday afternoon. Back with more in a moment. Hey, everybody, Joe Concha. Now you know what? I'm not going to go full name at this point. I'm going Shack or Madonna. I'm going one name. Conch, Conch in for Sean Hannity on this Monday afternoon. Uh, that was an interesting uh, bump in, as we called in the, uh, the business, uh, as far as um, President Trump and it, it, this whole election. Uh, you know what? I'll do a not so bold prediction here. I say in two years and about one month from now, Donald J. Trump is going to announce that he is seeking the presidency again in 2024. And again, Captain Obvious, thanks a lot. Yeah, Of course he is, right? If you think that it's going to be like Rocky 1 and, you know, he's just going to walk away without a rematch, uh, you're crazy. And we all know how Rocky 2 ended. I think we all know how Rocky II ended. Remember, that's when Apollo and Rocky hit each other at the same time in the 15th round. They both went down, but Rocky got up at nine and Apollo at 10, and then that was the end of it. Then he went on to be Clubber Lang and uh, Yvonne Drago and Tommy Gunn in in subsequent movies. But before we go off on a tangent, guys, uh, listen to this, and these are amazing uh, numbers in terms of the way people view this election. Reuters-Ipsos poll, 68% have concerns about a, quote, rigged vote counting process favoring president-elect joe biden that's what it says uh quoting the reuters story uh so 68 percent in terms of republicans i should say trump voters so more than two-thirds think that this thing was rigged towards the former vice president i mean these are numbers that we have never ever seen before in any election 66 percent, however of republican voters support president trump running for president again in 2024 that's a pretty high number, right? I mean, you ever see that before? W- were people pining for Mitt Romney to run again in 2016 or John McCain to run again in 2012? Uh, you could go down the list, right? So uh, the, the support is still incredibly strong for the president. And then Joe Biden will actually have to run on something called a record, uh, if he even runs, I don't think he will, uh, in 2024. So that uh, Kamala Harris, Donald Trump, uh, so-called rematch is going to be lit. No question about it. Um, and, and you think about who the... Who, who could primary, so to speak, uh, uh, Donald Trump in 2024, even though they're all be going for the nomination with, with, with a clean slate, so to speak. But I look at who the contenders are. And while they're very nice candidates, so to speak, and I mean nice, like, you know, they, they got a lot going for them. I just don't see how you beat a Donald Trump when you know that all the media coverage, and that's what I cover for The Hill, all the media coverage is going to focus on him just in 2016. I and mean, he was going up against 17, 18 other people in that election. There were also very nice candidates in, in that particular election as well, whether you're talking Ted Cruz, whether you're talking Marco Rubio, remember how they reviewed at the time uh, uh, Jeb Bush, uh, you know, obviously brother of a former president, popular governor in Florida, and no one gave Donald Trump a chance. And he beat them all because he blotted out the sun in terms of just all media coverage went towards him. And then he was smart enough to use social media and his millions and millions of followers to get his message out and change the way, quite frankly, uh, that that presidents and candidates uh, communicate with people directly by going around the media instead of trying to go through uh, that filter where at last check, there's uh, just a little bit of bias out there. Uh, and by the way, um, it's understatement day, uh, Monday here on the Sean Hannity Show. By the way, 800-941-SEAN, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, Sean spelled by the way, S-E-A-N, not the other way, which I believe is S-H-A-W-N. Either way, it's Irish. 800 941s ean We want to hear from you. But yeah, look at these candidates that I have as your top five running for president in 2024 in the GOP side if Donald Trump decides not to. And you tell me if 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 Trump were to run, if any of them would really give him a serious challenge. Josh Hawley, great pipes, I, I, I gotta say. The guy's got a good voice, definitely. Uh, so he's, he's pretty popular. Senator, Missouri. Kristi Noem, again, popular South Dakota governor. Tom Cotton, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. Could they beat Donald Trump in 2024 for the nomination? I'm sorry. I look at 2016 and I got to say no. So for for the folks out there who obviously are are depressed after after the election or, or think that, you know, some wrongdoing went on here and then the investigations continue. And I've said since the beginning and I've been very consistent on this. You have to let the process play out. You have to let the legal process play out, because if you remember. And and this this is not too long ago. And, Linda, uh, we're going to go to uh, one of the sound bites uh, that I sent over earlier to you because I found this so compelling. After the 2016 election, you see the media and you see Democrats screaming that Donald Trump is destroying democracy by going through his legal right, which is to ask for recounts and to investigate voter fraud in states where, remember, Donald Trump is your president again if he wins Georgia, Arizona and Pennsylvania. That's it. And all those states, you're you're talking a 10,000 vote difference, a 12,000 vote difference, Pennsylvania less than one percentage point. That's how close this election was. So, yeah, let let the process go through. Let's see if Sidney Powell can produce some evidence. Rush Limbaugh said today, all right, and this is Rush saying this, that they better produce something tangible soon. Okay. That's that's the pressure now that's on Sydney Powell, who says that she has has the good. So I say, all right, I'm not making any judgment right now. Let's wait to see what she has. We're still two months from Inauguration Day. It's fine to go through this process right now. The president has every right to it. But this is how the president was covered as president-elect shortly after the 2016 election, as far as him being called illegitimate. And he only won because the Russians helped him. Fire away, Lynn.
2: Do you think... Donald Trump's win was legitimate.
1: So the election goes. legit? The the election is by this uh, intrusion.
0: Uh, I don't see this. Intrusion. President-elect as a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate president? Does he
3: Chuck think God. that Democrats should put this away, this whole idea of legitimate illegitimate? The president's not going
4: to get in the middle of this right now. I, I,
3: I yeah. get
0: it, but you didn't answer the question. Yeah. Is Donald Trump legitimate?
4: I think there's a cloud of questions around a what happened. The there there could be clouds
0: of questions and we disagree on things, but yeah. but on- honestly, I mean yes or no. Is he the legitimately elected president of the United States when he raises his hand?
5: We're counting on our law enforcement community to get to the bottom of these questions. He also won't
0: Do you agree with John Lewis? Do you agree that Donald Trump is in effect not a legitimate president?
5: I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. Do you
1: agree with John Lewis on right, what yes. point?
4: Or elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate for all the reasons. Okay,
1: I, I Do you believe, I think Congressman,
4: that, uh, that Donald uh, Trump will legitimate pre- legitimacy question. The legitimacy questions come up. You say he
0: will be president of the United States, but you're you're uh, at least reluctant to say he will be the legitimate president of the United States. Is that right? <sighs>
4: He he's going to be president?
0: But isn't it more yeah. difficult now to work together when you've said flatly he's not even a legitimate president? Well, yeah, I don't recognize that. his legitimacy. John, John Lewis said yeah, that.
5: John Lewis said that. <laughs> that.
0: Or, you, you believe know, what he's you a legitimate president?
5: Well, he was elected. And the
4: fact that Donald Trump can't stand now he's not a legitimate president. And that he his won team fewer votes can't, can't
5: bear to tell him the truth.
0: And now the delegitimization oh. of the presidency is taking hold within the country. Do you think it was a legitimate election?
1: I think that there are lots of questions about its legitimacy. The
3: 2016 election wasn't legitimate. What does it mean to say it's not legitimate? It's not a legitimate election. Point, Chris, you think I, it was I, a, legi- a legitimate I, election. The time here, Donna, my question to you is, was it a legitimate election? Does it count? Uh, I, uh, my
1: personal view is that it was not a legitimate election. So it doesn't count?
0: <laughs> wow, this sounds just like the 2020 coverage, doesn't it? Until it doesn't. I mean... That's what happened after an election. That's what everybody forgets. So all these people on TV, on their soapboxes with the title of anchor or pundit who are screaming at you that that, that the president should absolutely concede that he has no legal recourse, that this that Joe Biden is absolutely legitimate. What did you just hear? This is, this is something they planted right after the 2016 election, and it hounded this president for four years in terms of Russian collusion. You know, I went back, just, just for uh, S's and giggles, as far as looking at President Trump as president-elect, his first press conference after he was elected. 13 times reporters brought up in 13 different questions, either Russia or Vladimir Putin. Almost nothing that the president ran on in terms of immigration, in terms of deregulation. All those things that got him elected wasn't even brought up in this press conference. It was solely Russia. And that was a preview of what we got for four years. And now these people are telling you, they're telling the president that... He's destroying democracy. I believe that 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 process started about four years ago. Anyway, let's uh, get some calls in, shall we? I want to go down to Alabama, who put a whooping on Kentucky this weekend in Tuscaloosa. But I have a feeling we're not going to be talking Kentucky, Alabama. Sarah Ann, how are you?
5: Hey, y'all. Roll Tide. Our roll Tide. 63-3. Uh, uh, first of all, I just want to say that Linda is my spirit animal, but she needs to say it.
1: First of all, thank you, you Sarah, and first that, of all for you,
5: you got to draw the A out, Linda, but we love you. Um, <laughs> okay so work, we're in Alabama we're you know 80 miles from Atlanta. There is no possible way <laughs> that everybody voted for Trump in, in Georgia. Um, that is it's as red as Alabama is. My concern is with the Senate and the House, we, um runoff, that's just gonna if they if they win and we have all the Democrats coming in from all the other states, then that's just going to strengthen their argument that yeah, Biden won the state legitimately because look the they got the the Senate and the House seats. Um Arizona, I've kind of given up on that because of the McCain's. You know what I'm saying? i am just I've just kind yep. of given up on that. Um Pennsylvania there's no problem. I cannot see it because they they have too much of an interest in fracking I mean that's their lifeline it just does make sense i okay, well, I can't wrap my brain around it i can't I can't yeah. wrap my brain around it
0: I hear you, Sarah, and I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, look, the whole thing that's going on in Georgia, particularly now with this runoff, uh, you have now Hollywood celebrities. You have uh, Tom Friedman, as I mentioned uh, a little while ago, saying that people should pick up and move. Tom Friedman, the New York Times, should pick up and move to Georgia just to vote in that election, which at last check, that's voter fraud, right? That's a felony, uh, quite frankly. They're they're doing this. they're, They're begging for this because if Democrats win both those seats on January 5th, Then it's a 50-50 tie in the Senate. Kamala Harris becomes your tiebreaker. So then you have Democratic House, Democratic Senate, Democratic President. You have a blank check for, again, you are going to abolish ICE filibuster, electoral college, expand the Senate, expand the Supreme Court to look like a football roster. You're gonna see reallocation of police funds. We know what that means. And you're gonna see a band of fracking as Sarah-Ann just mentioned. Uh, So uh, that's why this race is so important. And you have to wonder, do Democrats, do they have a disadvantage uh in terms of if president trump isn't on the ballot and if this election was a lot of people coming out because they didn't like trump not so much that they they, they like biden right i I still don't know what biden's bumper sticker was exactly what was his message right so what what how how does he get nearly what 20 more million votes than barack obama right Uh, who was the hope and change you know can do no wrong candidate who actually campaigned it's just it is mind-boggling when you think of all these numbers uh, what i do know is that that president trump got i think something like 10 million more votes than he did the last time around but here's the here's the stunning stat 25 million more votes than ronald reagan got uh in 1980 i mean that's just astounding i know we have a bigger population but i mean we're, we're, we're talking a huge huge jump so voters didn't abandon president trump like we were told in this landslide that was supposed to happen we were told that that never happened so going into 2024 again i think he is at a distinct advantage in terms of winning that race and you don't have to wait till 2024 because kamala harris she declared her candidacy in early january 2019 so we're talking you know basically 2022 is when the campaign season begins and then you'll see donald trump at campaign rallies uh, for the next two years back in your screen it's almost like time will <laughs> barely go by uh before you see uh, donald trump back uh, on the campaign trail again if these legal challenges uh, don't pan out uh, Let's squeeze in one more call. And Paula from Anchorage, I got a friend that lives up there named Kimberly Strauss of the uh, Wall Street Journal who tells me uh, that the weather's getting a little cold up there finally. Uh, I'll give you 30 seconds. I'll give you the floor. What do you got?
5: Hey, I just want to say this, um, the intro to Sean's uh, show specifically, when we're saying we're, not, we're, we're needing to back up our segment, I'd like to know and I'd like to call you out. And even Sean, I realize Sean's not there. What does that mm-hmm. mean? What do you guys want us to do? That's that's
0: it. I'd love. Dope. I hear you. Uh, well, you know, I, I would think just uh, stay involved and stay active and you, you'll probably have a, a, a Donald Trump to vote for against before you know it. I mean, that, that we've never seen this before where a president loses uh, in, in his first term and then runs again. Maybe we did in the 1800s. I'm probably getting that wrong. But, you know, in recent times, we haven't seen anything like that. So you get a rematch. And uh, the thing is, just, uh, you know, keep fighting for what you believe in on a local level, perhaps, you know, with your local governments, your local schools. Uh, you know, I know in where I live in Jersey, uh, my kids go to school five days a week. Oh it's the greatest thing ever and, and and you know my daughter goes from nine to one but it's good enough and my son goes from nine to three and and that's because you know the parents were so steadfast in them saying we need our kids back in school for their own mental health for their own education and in the teachers unions that have a lot of power particularly where i live they had to back down so you can affect change not just on the national level but in your communities as well so i think that's what we're trying to say here paula as far as far as uh, keeping the fight up so to speak for what you believe in joe concha filling in for sean hannity the sean hannity show back with your calls and ram paul in the next hour stick around Welcome back, everybody. Joe Concha in for Sean Hannity on this Thanksgiving week. Yeah, it's a week. A lot of people spreading out uh, celebrations throughout. Perhaps, you know, you want to keep your older relatives from maybe the younger folks in your family. So I, I know that, you know, some, some people are doing a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of piecemeal, for lack of a better term, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, so, Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. I am a media opinion columnist for The Hill, also a Fox News contributor, and I want to welcome to the show right now, first time I think I've ever spoken to the senator, and I've always been a fan of his, uh, maybe not everything on policy, I don't think that's the way it works, uh, but he's always just so authentic, I think, in his convictions and his thoughts and and just so, for lack of a better term, articulate uh, when making those arguments. So we welcome Senator Rand Paul to the program. Kentucky, how are you? sir.
3: Very good, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So I, I want to start with this because this really is just unbelievable to me. I, I remember going on Fox the, the day after that you were attacked after leaving the White House by a mob in Washington, D.C. Uh, the, the Hill's offices are right there on K Street, uh, right right where you were attacked, basically. And uh, you you spoke about at the time that your feeling was there was interstate criminal traffic being paid for across state lines, they flew there by plane, they got fresh new clothes, and they were paid to be there, and they were paid to basically harass and possibly even hurt people. And you and your wife were were attacked on a street, it's on video, and then today the D.C. U.S. attorney said what?
3: Said uh, they're not interested in finding out uh, who finances these people. In fact, they wouldn't reveal whether they investigated it at all. They just said they weren't going to pursue it. And I asked her, the U.S. Attorney, District Attorney, the Deputy Attorney, I said, well, what have you done? Oh, I can't reveal that. I can neither confirm nor deny that we did anything. And I said, well, you know, many of the people that were in the video that were attacking us were also in other cities attacking us. One of them, you know, bloodied a police officer who had to go to the hospital, and I said, what do you have about that person? So I can't tell you anything about that. I got the feeling they had no idea even about the police officer being injured or that they'd done any investigation. The D.C. judiciary actually let the guy who assaulted the police officer off on his own recognizance, and my response to that was, yeah, if you're looking for him, look in Kenosha because uh, these people are going from city to city, but someone needs to look at – with a proper subpoena from a judge, look at who's paying for all this stuff.
0: And you were somebody who was attacked at his own home a couple of years ago, where you're actually in the hospital for an extended period of time. I believe you had a collapsed lung at one point. So uh, that, that, that moment when, when this was happening, if the police weren't there, you, you, you could have been seriously hurt or even killed, it seemed.
3: Yeah, we really feared for our lives, and we thought even with the police that we might not make it out. We initially had three policemen uh, helping us and uh the crowd though numbered over a hundred and they were pressing in on the policemen they were throwing things on us different fluid we didn't know what it was uh they were yelling threats to us and they were pressing closer and closer and i leaned into the policeman and i said they know who i am because they were chanting my name and i said you've got to call for reinforcements and he did but interestingly i never had any words with the policemen they were brave and also interesting, they were both black and white. The crowd that was attacking us was both black and white, but the police officers defending us were both black and white. This isn't a race thing. This is about whether or not you're going to have law and order or whether or not you're going to have mayhem.
0: And that's, that's what was amazing just uh, last week, uh, last weekend, where Trump supporters at, at a MAGA march uh, were, were attacked. Uh, there were 21 arrests. Uh, one man was stabbed. Two police officers hurt uh, and, and yet, you know, it just seems that all of that's going to be forgiven, that that nothing's actually going to happen uh, in these situations. And Joe Biden, who ran on unity and bringing everybody together, uh, didn't make a public statement himself about it. He put out a statement, but it seems like this is something that's going to continue. I, well, I want to ask you It's even worse go ahead. than
3: that. It's even worse than that. The Associated Press reported that this violence was a result of Trump demonstrations, and they never revealed who the violent people were. The violent people were the Antifa people. The violent people were the Black Lives Matter people that were committing these crimes. And the AP reported it as if it was like, oh, there's a little bit on both sides of violence and crime. But the bottom line is it's not safe to go out to eat in D.C., particularly for a public figure. But even for a regular person to go out in D.C. is not safe. And if they don't prosecute the people that went after my wife and I, and they don't prosecute the person who assaulted a police officer, you can see how it's going to get worse. No one, You can't eat inside because the mayor won't let you eat inside, and you can't eat outside because a mob will attack you.
0: That's exactly right. And an attack by launching fireworks at people. And look, we don't know. I saw one restaurant. I think it was P.J. Clark's right on K Street where people were eating outside and fireworks were launched. at them. you don't know if these people are Republican, Democrat, libertarian. Uh, anybody could have been killed in that situation. And, and again, law and order just completely breaks down. We're talking to Senator Rand Paul. I'm curious because uh, you're also a doctor by trade, Rand, like my wife. Um, do masks work? Do what, does what work? Do masks work in terms of stopping uh, COVID, in terms of stopping coronavirus? Now, I wear one, I'll I'll just, from a personal standpoint, you can't go into a store here in New Jersey where I live without wearing a mask. And I don't think about even doing that. Uh, If I'm around my older relatives, I always wear a mask. Uh, But then it seems like we're seeing all this conflicting kind of evidence around it. and I I don't know if we exactly are 100% sure uh, what the effectiveness is. And I know you have some thoughts on that.
3: There's only two randomized, scientific-controlled studies, one from 2015, and it did not show any benefit from wearing a cloth mask. In fact, the people with cloth masks got more infections than the people who wore no masks. They measured virus-sized particles to see what goes through the cloth mask, and virus-sized particles penetrate the cloth mask 97% of the time. Now, the study did find that the N95 mask, when worn properly by health professionals, do protect against infection. They found that regular surgical masks did not work. And now there was a recent study, the Danish study, which was a population study, and it showed basically no significant benefit, uh, no statistically significant benefit. The other way to look at this is in large population studies. Look at when Hawaii banned or made masks mandatory and banned uh, groups gathering. Look at when California did. Look at when Kentucky did. And see if you see any correlation with a drop in the incidence of infections. In fact, it's the opposite. If you look at every mandate worldwide on wearing masks, the incidence of infection went up afterwards, after the mandates. And there is evidence that people are wearing masks. In Kentucky, you can't go in a store without a mask. It's probably 100% of people are wearing masks going into public places. And yet the incidence of infections is fivefold what it was in the spring when nobody was wearing a mask. So There's very little, if any, proof that this works. And the reason why this is important, this is not a short-lived thing. Dr. Fauci wants you to wear a mask for the rest of his life, for the rest of our lives. He said when the vaccine comes out, he still wants you to wear a mask. So you're going to have to ask Dr. Fauci's permission five years from now. And I'd say to young people, and particularly young people who have had it, you got to resist this kind of crazy nuttiness that is not backed by science.
0: Yeah, that that's I believe what Dr. Fauci said, and I'm paraphrasing, is that even if you have the vaccine, you could still have coronavirus and shed it. You just won't get sick from it, type of thing. But to that, if, that, if that's the case, then then yeah, I could see mass mandates in public places going on for infinity because the, the, the virus doesn't go away because of the vaccine. You just simply have a way uh, to fight it. Uh, what are you going to do, Senator Rand Paul? Uh, and we're talking to obviously uh, uh, the great senator from Kentucky uh, for Thanksgiving. Like, what what what's your plan then? Uh, everything after everything that you just said. Are you going to have a gathering large gathering at home do you do it outside is it warm enough what what, what, what are you going to do ours will be underground in a cave with
3: armed <laughs> guards to keep the governor away well done uh, the guards have orders to shoot on site if, if oh anybody comes to try to stop our family from gathering and i'm saying that facetiously no but we're having a normal thanksgiving we are uh you know it's not a, it's our business in a free country Every individual and every society makes their own rules, and we will take precautions for elderly family members. We already do and have been taking precautions, but we are not going to uh, simply say, you know, (laughs) it's just kind of crazy. These people will not even admit that you have immunity if you've already had it, even though 12 million people have had it, they found five people who might have had it again, and they say, oh, well, that proves they don't have immunity. No, that proves the opposite, you idiot. It proves that the vast (laughs) majority of people do not get it again. They do develop immunity. And actually, all the science now is arguing that you do have immunity if you've had it. The only question is how long. But even the how long question is that for eight months now we are showing it and some of the people that were infected with SARS 17 years ago still have memory immunity so there's a very good chance that we are going to have long-standing immunity but this is good news not only for the people who had it but for the vaccine that may not be you have to take a vaccine every year it may be that one vaccine can protect you for quite a while.
0: That's interesting. And and the treatments are getting so much better, too, right? So we're seeing this, you know, nearly 200,000 cases in the U.S. on Friday, yet the death rate is is much, much lower than it was in, in March and April, Senator.
3: Yeah, if we had the same death rate right now that we had in March and April, we'd have 10,000 people dying a day, and we've averaged about 1,000 dying a day, which is still terrible but just be, we should be thanking our lucky stars. We should be extolling our doctors and thanking them, our doctors and nurses. We should be thanking the president for moving forward with the vaccine. Instead, it's all recriminations and hate towards the president. And I'm just sick and tired of it. They, they won't report any good news. The vaccine is good news. Immunity is good news. Treatment is good news. The treatment with steroids with remdesivir and now with monoclonal antibodies has cut the death rate for severely ill from 26% of people dying to about 9%. So, uh, you know, almost uh, doubling your chances or a little more than doubling your chances of staying alive when you're seriously sick because of advancements that have been discovered in the last six months.
0: Fear certainly sells. And uh, last question for you, Senator, and it it involves Georgia and obviously those two Senate seats just so crucial in terms of the future of the country, quite frankly, because if you have a blank check from the House to the Senate right to the Oval Office uh, with Democrats in charge of all three, uh, you're looking at abolishing ICE, you're looking at abolishing the filibuster, you're looking at abolishing the electoral College, expanding the Supreme Court, expanding the Senate, uh, banning fracking, uh, reallocation of police funds, and I could go down the line with about 100 other things, yet in Georgia, we're seeing Hollywood and the media saying, you know, you should move to Georgia. You should vote there to get these two Democrats in. But you saw it in Kentucky, right, with Amy McGrath and uh, Senate Majority Leader McConnell, where outside influence comes in. And suddenly people don't like that that much when local elections, state elections get nationalized. And and we heard that McConnell was in such trouble. He only won by 20 points. Right. So uh, what do you see happening in Georgia? Ultimately, Uh, will Republicans keep the Senate?
3: You know, one of the things that I've been trying to do is talk to libertarians there. We had a great libertarian candidate that ran. He got 2.3 percent of the vote, Shane Hazel. And uh, I think we need to talk to libertarians. There was over 100,000 people who voted for the libertarian in the Purdue race. Um, They don't want socialism. They don't want D.C. to be a state equal to Georgia. Uh, So I think there's a lot of common ground. But they're frustrated with the Republicans the same way I am. I'm frustrated with Republicans who spend too much. I'm frustrated with all the bailouts they have been passing this year. But at the same time, the Democrats are only worse. And I do think that there are things that a Republican majority will stop. You know, I'm one of the most libertarian members of the Senate. I will have more power in a Republican Senate than a Democrat Senate. I will continue to speak out for ending the Afghan war. I will continue to speak out for young people getting a second chance if they make a mistake with drugs. So there are all kinds of things that are beneficial for libertarian-leaning people. And I hope that they will consider there won't be a libertarian on the ballot this time. It'll be Republican or Democrat. I hope they will consider coming out for a Republican, even if they don't think the Republicans are perfect, just because, frankly, the Democrats are so darn evil.
0: And we'll have to leave it there. Senator, I hyped you up a lot before this interview, and I'm glad we were able to finally speak for a first time. We covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate you making time for us today. Thank you. All right. Senator Rand Paul. Later in the show, Carol Roth joins us. And Derek Hunter, who is, if you've never heard Derek opine about all things Trump and all things U.S. and the state of affairs right now, you're going to want to stick around for that in the 5 o'clock hour. Joe Concha filling in for Sean Hannity. 800-941-SEAN. Your calls coming up next. And welcome back, everybody. Joe Concha, media opinion columnist for The Hill. Follow me on the Twitter at Joe Concha TV. Also on Parler as well. Joined that recently. That's That's really taken off. My God. I think they got something like a million downloads right after the election. People not happy with Twitter. And why would you? The guy who runs it looks like he's the stunt double for Tom Hanks and Castaway 2. And oh, by the way, censors, you know, people that have a certain thought process. Uh, it's its just remarkable the, the way that this election was manipulated uh, by social media. They, they basically just said, screw it. We're, we're going to show that we're, we're activists and, and we're biased and, and we're going to. You know, lock the New York Post out of their account for two weeks simply for reporting on the Hunter Biden story or lock Kelly McEnany out of her account because she shared the story. I mean, that is just George Orwell looks at this stuff and says, that's even a little bit too far for me. OK, so it's nothing's going to change either by the way i mean we saw those hearings last week right where you had uh dorsey and you have mark zuckerberg at facebook and they're in front of these senators and uh, a senator cruz or a senator graham or holly will have some sort of like perfect like gotcha question and dorsey or zuckerberg looks like they're in a hostage video and, and they don't quite know how to answer it. and then the, the clip goes viral and then after it's all done nothing happens section 230 which gives social media companies liability protection in other words, they don't they can't be sued over what their users post as content and It's like oh we're not responsible for yet yet they can control what can be seen and what can be seen I mean it, it's it's but boy talk talk about a sweet deal right so that needs to be repealed you would hope you would think at some point. Uh, or even just break up these guys all together way too big they don't know how to control their information and remember before you say well the social media really have that big of an influence that's not where I get my news believe it or not 65% of American adults get their news from social media. Whatever the newspaper and television was in the 20th century, that's your newspaper and television in the 21st century. And they're, they're run by ideologues. Uh, again, it's Silicon Valley. I mean, what do you expect? Not, not too many conservatives uh, on board there as far as that's concerned. And, and, and that's just the way it's gonna be. It's an uphill battle uh, if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, as far as getting your message out there. Back with more in a moment.
3: Predict this For four years, Democrats have schemed a way to win the presidency at any cost.
4: They knew they couldn't win.
3: And signaled they'd stop at nothing. Did
4: I say this? They were going to send out tens of millions of ballots.
3: And they did it in broad daylight.
4: This is a fraud on the American public.
3: This battle has been raging for four long years. So if you think this president is about to lay down, you'd best think again. Your vote mattered. Your voice matters. And we're not about to be silenced now.
4: We were getting ready to
3: win this election. Your president worked tirelessly for you. Frankly, we did win this election. Now, it's our turn to help him. This is The Sean Hannity Show.
0: Well, this just in. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is having his 89-year-old mother and two daughters to Albany for Thanksgiving quoting the governor the story is my mom is going to come up and the two and two of my girls but plans may change that's from the new york governor he has spent the last two weeks telling new yorkers to stay home for the holiday but in the spirit of hollywood andrew cuomo is certainly a tremendous performer you have to give him that and now today the democratic governor you're possible 2024 Democratic nominee, don't laugh, he won an Emmy Award. Congratulations <laughs> to Andrew Cuomo. Why did he win an Emmy Award? Well, because of his messaging in the early days of the pandemic. And look, I'm the first guy to say those presentations were very good. I tweeted it out the time. I got the receipts. All right. I thought the presentations were good. But given everything we know now, all right, Do you give an Emmy to the guy who had twice as many deaths in New York than the state of Florida? The reason why I compare New York and Florida is because Florida has a larger population, an older population, a more vulnerable population, yet New York doubled Florida. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis, can't buy one positive story in terms of media coverage. Then the governor, all right, this is the guy you give an Emmy to, writes a book that he releases in the middle of a COVID resurgence. Also, not in the book, really. Boy, didn't see much on this in terms of those presentations back in March and April. His order, okay, to send COVID-19 positive patients back into nursing homes. He had a whole freaking ship in the Hudson River he could have sent them to that the president sent them. Does he do that? Oh, no. Couldn't do that. The Javits Center. Wide open. No patients. Could have sent them there. Nope. He sends them back in the nursing home. It's like taking a blowtorch to dry grass in terms of the spread and the death. But we give that guy an Emmy. Oh, also, the governor's brother got COVID and then broke his own quarantine while he was still infectious and shedding the the virus, driving 30 minutes from the home he was living in at the time, only to get into a verbal confrontation with a 60-something-year-old guy who was driving by and said, hey, should you be out? Why don't you have a mask on? The guy actually filed a police report. Governor Cuomo has not been asked about that even once, right? This guy is the one that you're giving an Emmy to. I mean, again, what part of these presentations, I, I got that you know they were good back then, but he has resisted for months now. An independent investigation in terms of what happened at those nursing homes. Oh, this just in, by the way. Congratulations to Jack Orkian. He is now the late Jack Orkian, mind you. Uh, uh, Posthumously, he is going to be awarded. Wow. A humanitarian award for population control. Boy, the Emmys are on a roll. Congratulations. Well done. The only award that Governor Cuomo should have won was for best comedy. Right, Because that's what it was. He goes on his brother's show multiple times, isn't asked about the nursing home things once. And now, even though Governor Cuomo's 89-year-old mother will be going there for Thanksgiving, many people in New York won't be seeing their parents because of that executive order. Again, this isn't reality TV. This isn't Survivor. You don't give out Emmys for, for things you did during a pandemic, particularly when you presided over the state that had more COVID deaths by a country mile than any other state in the country. That's all. All right, shut up the music. I can't take it anymore. Thank you. Boy, they should give him the Nobel Peace Prize next. I believe uh, the 44th president got one for doing absolutely nothing. Oh, this year is incredible, isn't it? I mean, you could win a Pulitzer, right? That's that's the writing award for stories on Trump and Russia collusion. All right. You can win uh, an Emmy for incompetence, as we just explained with the governor. And you can win an election from your basement probably win an election. There's still fights going on in many states. So I always couch that, so to speak, because again, Sidney Powell says she has the goods. All right. Rush Limbaugh said in his show today, okay, you got to start showing those goods soon. All right. It's a legal process. Investigations go on. All right. We're, we're not on a timetable here, at least not now anyway. We're still two months from, from the inauguration. So Sidney Powell has this and and look, she, she has a sterling reputation. Would she really say this and then be bluffing? So well, joke, th- that's just, all I'm can saying. I,
1: can I jump in for one second? I just want to- I would love to hear from you, Lynn. I would love if you would You're my that. Robin. So like listen, I'm telling yeah. you, this is mm-hmm. one thing that has been driving me crazy. And many people are saying I just wanna just want to clear up some misconceptions. Floor's N- yours. Nobody has a right to see any evidence. The only place that evidence needs to be shown and is worth anything, is in a court of law. And we're not going to piecemeal anything out to the left and give anything out to the media that does not want to hear anything but themselves in an echo chamber. So her her evidence will be given in a court of law before a judge and whomever she is going to be presiding with, against, for, and she's going to have all of this laid out. And then they'll hear about it when the court decides it is time for the public to hear all of her evidence, because that's the only place evidence needs to be presented, in a court of law.
0: And that's the thing, right? Uh, You don't do it through uh, the media, particularly a media that, again— after the 2016 election, we calling it was questioning all these senators. You see Chuck Todd, you see Jake Tapper all saying, is this a legitimate president? And it's funny. So we, we did that destroy democracy then, all that scrutiny. And, and you saw it throughout his entire presidency where you had a, a half the country thinking that the president was illegitimate. Hillary Clinton actually even said that on her public therapy tour that she went on for a book for four years. Right. And no one ever questions Hillary Clinton for doing damage to democracy. Right. So let's let's see the looking at Hillary. Let's see it in due time. What's that, Linda?
1: Looking at Hillary does damage. So, you know, that alone. Wow. Listen, you know, the truth hurts. I'm sorry. It's rough. She's a terrible human being. She deserves it all. This is Uh, not
0: okay. It is not okay. It's not okay, huh? Okay, That's good to know. Hey, uh, Carl Bernstein. Remember him? The Woodward and Bernstein uh, duo. You think of great, great 70s duos, right? Uh, Joni and Chachi, for example, they were a pretty good a 70s duo. Uh, I would go with Simon and Garfunkel, right? Good 70s duo. And then there was uh, Woodward and Bernstein, except something strange happened between the two. Woodward continued to do, you know, credible work and, and, and put out some good books. I know the, the one about uh, President Trump, uh, he, he wasn't crazy about, but he gets people on the record at least. So I like that better than the unnamed sources. But Bernstein, let's put it this way. Woodward is kind of like, Simon and Bernstein is Garfunkel. And you don't want to be Garfunkel when talking about Simon and Garfunkel. But he says here, he, he tweeted out, this was yesterday, I'm not violating any pledge of journalistic confidentiality in reporting this, 21 Republican senators and combos with colleagues, staff members, lobbyists, blah, 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 uh, have repeatedly expressed extreme contempt for Trump and his fitness to be president of the United States. He then goes on to name these senators. Uh, One problem uh, for Mr. Bernstein, uh, one senator that was named is Senator Mike Braun, and he says, quote, this is more false news from a CNN political analyst, as I was one of President Trump's top defenders during impeachment and strongly support his legal efforts to ensure that every vote is counted. (laughs) So again, on the record, Braun says, what are you talking about, Carl Bernstein, where you're actually putting this out there? I did not tell you this. So Again, I mean, who's by the way, if you're a GOP senator, are you really talking to Carl Bernstein at this point? Just asking. anyway, President Biden. Oh, that's going to hurt. Right. If I say that, let's say let's put it this way. Um, How do you couch this, Linda? I mean, if I if I say president elect or President Biden, uh, the the Twitter gets very angry
1: at me. Candidate. Candidate.
0: The Democratic nominee, Well, the Electoral
1: College is not until December 14th. The process of the recount, the recertification, seeing who's lying, who's telling the truth and all that in between is still happening. So, I mean, I speak for myself here. Uh, You know, I don't consider this man to be president just yet. And when everything is certified and we see if all of those various machines that should have been recertified when they receive software updates between Halloween and right before election night, because federal law dictates they should have gotten recertified, then we'll see if all of those elections and those tallies and those ballots actually count. And maybe we'll decide whether or not this man is the president elect. But until December 14th, there may be some of the evidence that we'll see from Sidney Powell. He's not my president just yet.
0: Wow. So you think then that this ultimately comes down to Dominion and what they find there, and and there at least it's it's not anecdotal; it's a paper trail, right? It's something. Well, there's both. You know, there's
1: there's the ballot count, there's the provisional ballots, there's the number of ballots they came in in boxes that were perfectly filled out, circles were immaculate, they were single ticket votes with just you know candidate Biden's name on it, you Hmm. know. And I, for me, you know, when you get down to data, when we're just talking about data, right? So we have to talk about the paper ballots. We have to look at who voted where. Do we have more votes than we have residents? Do we have more votes than we have registered voters? Then we have to talk about... Let's talk about statistics. Right. So I said this last week, you know, never in our history when we were watching an election online or on TV, however you were watching it, did we see one candidate lose votes and another candidate gain votes. That just never happened ever in our history. One candidate may not have done as well, hence making him the loser. And then the other candidate would get votes and they would get less votes. But at no point in time are they losing thousands of votes in a grip at any moment. That just doesn't make sense. And so people are like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. It's just a glitch. There is no such thing as a glitch. Software does what you tell it to do. If you tell it to do something, it does it. Other people may not know that you're telling it to do that, so therefore you call it a glitch. And so we're talking about all these different things, and we're talking about the people who should have been there to recertify. Are they even aware of what they're recertifying? Did it actually happen? Is there any paper trail? And if I was running Dominion and I was innocent and I was being defamed this way, I sure as hell would be out there screaming the top of my lungs telling everybody, Oh my God, no, we didn't do this. Da, da. No, no. They release a statement. They don't show up for the Pennsylvania back and forth. They tell the state county clerk, no, we don't have to come there. We might be under suit. No, no, you can go there. You're not being sued yet. Go, you know, sp- have your peace, say something. But they're not. And they're closing down offices faster than we can find out where they are. So wow. the data, the data speaks for itself. You know, Barack Obama the first time, I think he won, what was it, 69 million. The second time was 65 million. You're telling me that joe and kamala got 79 million votes most of all time it's it's without
0: campaign without campaigning
1: they are the two most unlikable people on the planet it's just not possible you know you might not like what donald trump has to say but you need to get over it because it isn't about donald trump it's about the greater good it's about the country it's about the republic it's not about donald trump if you like donald trump that's fantastic But at the end of the day, the man boosted your 401k. He gave back to historical black universities and colleges. He did the prison reform bill. What did Kamala do? What did Joe Biden do in 47 years that 70 million people wanted to give him your 48?
0: Nobody has an answer to that. You
1: know
0: know what I have a question for? Why don't you have a show? You know, I'm I'm just a robin.
1: I'm done. I'm all done. No, no, I didn't mean it that way. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry. I wanted to, this is your Uh, moment, Joe.
0: I guess you're right. Here, here's what I do know. All right. What do you think about this idea? And then we'll, we'll go to break. As all right. Say. All right. The next election, we can't do this again. There, there can't be mass mail-in voting because, again, you now have two straight elections where half the country doesn't believe that the, the president's legitimate. Right. So it in that vein, you make Tuesday, the first Tuesday in November, a national holiday. All right. And only... Uh, Only people can vote in person unless you're above age X or you're ex-military. That's it. You have to take the ambiguity out of this because it's a ridiculous process. You can't be seeing a candidate of 16 points in Pennsylvania on election night. And then that, that that candidate is trailing three or four days later after the vote is stopped. And then all these mail-in votes come in. It, it's just it's it's archaic.
1: It's a so it has idea. to be in
0: person for 98 percent of the country or, or at least people above a certain below a certain age. And then the rest, if you have a health problem or whatever, then you're allowed to do it. But this is ridiculous.
1: I think you're 100 percent right. And I don't think I don't think that there is one. I don't think that any sensible person who's out there being honest and forthright would disagree with you. I think that Joe this and, is what we need.
0: Joe Concha and Linda filling in for <laughs> Sean Hannity. You're staying with me the entire time. <laughs> Keep the audience from hating me. Back with more in a moment, everybody. You want to stick around. You really do. Joe Concha for Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity Show. Joe Concha in for Sean Hannity. And the techs are flying in. And the tweets are flying in as well after Linda's performance in The Last Block. Uh, this is from Donna. She says, Linda with Sean Hannity's show just went off on the election fraud and why she does not consider Joe Biden to be the president-elect now. Wow. Go, Linda. Go. All right, Lynn. That's one of- I want Miami. Uh, I think-
1: Where's Miami? I want it now. Miami. My Emmy. E-M-M-Y. Oh,
0: your Emmy.
1: Well, Now it's not wait funny because I had to explain it. So it's not funny anymore.
0: Andrew. Qu- I know. I, th- <laughs> You know, when you hit 40 the, the hearing is the first to go, apparently. So sorry about that. I said it's completely ruined that joke. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of Emmys, the Obamas. Remember that? The ones that preach about going high when they go low. Well, they're producing a series about the Trump transition chaos of 2016. Classy stuff from the former Commander-in-Chief. Just curious which episode will detail the part where the outgoing Obama administration spied on Carter Page or unmasked General Flynn. I have a feeling that's going to end up on the cutting room floor. And uh, this is uh, what Barack Obama said to Jimmy Kimmel. We're going to talk about that more on the other side of the hour. Joe Concha filling in for Sean Hannity. Eight hundred nine four one 941 sean Sean spelled S-E-A-N. Meantime, we want to, before we get to your calls, we want to talk to the great Carol Roth. She's an entrepreneur. She plays herself on TV. She's the host of The Roth Effect, and she has her own action figure apparently. Carol, welcome to the show.
2: Hey Joe, great to be with you, and excited to be joining you on a holiday week
0: here. Absolutely, it is holiday week. It's it's like Hanukkah, this it, it, Thanksgiving, and you know, it's going to be eight crazy nights. I have a feeling as we spread out these parties for some of us. Anyway, uh, hey, I'm I'm curious. But, well, first, let me tell me that. Uh, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? Like, what's your plan? What's what are you being told uh, by Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, who was celebrating two weeks ago in the streets after uh, the race was called by the news media for Joe Biden? Uh, yet she seems to have some pretty tough restrictions going on in the Windy City where you live, Carol.
2: Yes, no, Chicago is completely locked down. We've got a very lengthy order that was sent to us that, you know, I sort of uh, rolled my eyes as <laughs> as I tossed into the trash. <laughs> um, my family, though, uh, who does have some people who are vulnerable, has made the decision not to get together. So uh, since I do not cook, we are ordering in an entire amazing turkey dinner from one of our local restaurants that we like to support because small businesses are hurting, and so we thought that was a great way to give back to them this holiday season.
0: Wow. Gibson's, my favorite restaurant in Chicago. You ordering from them? Which one? Gibson's? Gibson's.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this is Wildfire, which is also a, a fantastic one. They do a whole turkey dinner, um, which is just looks amazing, with, with pumpkin pie, by the way.
0: So, as you know, Gibson's uh, is a restaurant that has a piano. It's, they have a piano bar there, too, right? Um, and I went there when I was 19 with my dad. We went to go see a Bears game and a Notre Dame game, kind of like a yearly traditional kind of thing. And uh, this nice lady uh, just began talking to me. Um, and then I realized that she was actually uh, a professional, uh, as we'll put it. Uh, it was explained <laughs> to me. But I thought it was just because, you know, I was a sweet, innocent kid. But no, no.
2: <laughs> no, it's uh, it's in an area of Chicago that is fondly known as the Viagra Triangle. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that I've mentioned it before, but I always thought that was my apartment in Hoboken, but apparently not. Uh, and, and we're talking to Carol Roth. Uh, Carol, so all right. Under a possible Democratic administration, uh, and there's still lawsuits going on. So I I, I, I couch that because there's investigations yep. and Sidney Powell says she has all this evidence. And, eh, would she really say all this and then not produce anything? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm planning the, the wait and see approach as far as that evidence is concerned. Now, all that said, Let's say Democrats do game back the Senate and they do have the House and uh, they do get the White House. OK, so think of that blank check for a moment. I know. And one of the first things uh, that's being talked about is uh, forgiving student debt. Now, I don't know how you just forgive something without somebody getting screwed because somebody is owed money. Right. Uh, so what what how does that work and why can't that work?
2: <laughs> All right, so there's two issues is one does the entire school system, especially uh secondary and and uh, college uh, education, need to be fixed It absolutely does does forgiving student debt for a handful of people Address those concerns, no. I mean, the big problem is the government basically nationalized most of the student lending. When you have the government giving out loans to everybody, regardless of what they're studying or what their majors are, what school they're going to, you're going to have an imbalance of su- supply and demand, and that has made these schools, you know, have sometimes. Six figures that they're charging for educations, and then kids are coming out and they're working minimum wage jobs, and nobody's going to ever be able to pay that back. So structurally, we need to fix that by getting um, the, the government out of the student lending game. The challenge is that when you have you know a handful of people that you're going to forgive loans for, that means somebody's going to have to pay for it, and it's basically a wealth transfer, but in this case it in a sense it's a wealth transfer from people who are working class who never went to college, who perhaps paid their college loans down, who made more fiscally responsible decisions, to these people who made these bad decisions. And that is politically not going to be very popular. Um, and so I think the best way to address the issue, because it's not as much of a crisis as everybody thinks, it's the, the median debt is 17000 for students and the average is little a little bit, little bit under thirty three thousand so if you have a college education even though it's a it's a hefty number you still should be able to pay it down it's those people who have the six figure educations and they should be either go back to the colleges and say I'm sorry you sold me something that's not worth even a fraction of this you pay for a part of this or we really should be looking at whether students should be allowed to discharge their debts like you can for anything else I mean it's kind of insane that the government has said uh, you know this particular loan you can't Discharge, and especially since they're paying interest rates in many cases that look like risk-bearing interest rates um, that would account for being able to discharge it. So I think something's got to give on that
0: side. Absolutely. You know what? And we're talking to Carol Roth. Uh, you know what the most effed up part is about this current semester that's going on right now? I've talked to more people that have kids in college that they're going all virtual, yet the college. Is charging him the same exact yeah. tuition. So you go to like the University of Delaware or something, right? It's just your average state school. And, and I'm not saying Delaware is average. They are the blue hens. But you know what I mean? Like a Maryland or a Delaware or a state school where it's $50,000 a year. And they're they're basically getting what they get the University of Phoenix. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I don't know how colleges get away with that and why, why there are more lawsuits. Like, wait a minute. You can't charge me full boat if my kid's learning over a computer. I mean, it, it
2: potentially could be the silver lining wake-up call that what you are getting is an accreditation. And so if you're getting an accreditation, that is an investment, and you have to weigh that against what it is that you're going to be making from that accreditation. Because you're right now you can go online for free, by the way, and a lot of Ivy League um, universities like MIT put their entire coursework on there. So you could basically study an MIT degree for free, and just not get the accreditation, or you could pay, you know, multiple six figures and get the accreditation. Something's got to change there. We are seeing that with some of these certificate programs that of course are coming out of the tech industry because you know that's the place that's going to innovate. Uh, for a couple hundred bucks, you can now study certain skills and Google will treat that the same way that they treat a full degree. And so I think that's another thing that we should be looking at. I mean, think about just like our teachers. Like why shouldn't a teacher be able to go through an accreditation process, a certificate process, and not have to spend multiple six figures to get a degree to go teach in our schools.
0: And now I'll do a shameless plug for my brother's school in Patterson, New Jersey. But he runs a contracting school there, and the placement rate after these the kids get certified—I shouldn't say kids; these young adults get certified to, to, to do contracting jobs—is something like ninety-six percent because there's such okay, a demand for those types of work workers. Yet it's not—it's a fraction of what you would get in college. So you're getting the high-paid job when you get out <laughs> without paying that much. I, I hope those sort of schools, more those technical schools, specialty schools, do better, uh, and they are doing great. Uh, we're talking to Carol Roth. Carol, what scares you most? This is a very open Question, but uh, it's practically a softball. But what the hell? Um, what scares you most about a blank check house uh, in Democrat hands, Senate in Democrat hands, and and possible a Democratic president in the White House from an economic perspective? What what could be done to do the most damage to the country?
2: <laughs> I mean. Th- <laughs> fact that our debt is already north of $27 trillion, that they continue to spend more without any concern about that, and then not to get wonky that the Federal Reserve is working to basically monetize the debt, and now there's $7 trillion on the Fed's balance sheet that doesn't even count in that number. They are devaluing the U.S. dollar, they are selling out the people of Main Street and selling out savers and retirees to Wall Street. And so there, it, there has been uh, this sort of shift in terms of you know, focusing on the little guys that they supposedly are supposed to be helping and really concentrating that wealth and that power for government um, and concentrating the power within a handful of companies, the Amazons and the Apples and the Facebooks. And so I'm really worried about the repercussions and the effect on you know, the, the average working person the average small business in this country, um, and just really continuing to create that have and have not, not because of capitalism or free markets, but because of the government picking winners and losers.
0: So, Carol, how does it, how does this all end? In other words, it, it, we have all this stimulus, right, and we have all these bailouts uh, during COVID, and we were already driving up the debt enormously. And we, and we it, That used to be a big deal for Republicans, right, that we have to pay down the debt, and this but, is out of control. And at some point, the bill comes due. Does But the bill never seems to come due. Is the bill going to come due at some point?
2: Uh, I mean, it, it, it has to. I mean, basic economics tells you that it has to. And you can look at a country like Venezuela that, you know, several decades ago was the fifth wealthiest country in the entire world. And now the median income in Venezuela is zero.
0: Wow. Zero? So,
2: you know, that that is point a ordinary zero? tale. Zero. This is not a hyperbole. You can go look up the statistic. The median wealth in Venezuela today is zero.
0: You got to say it like Dean Wormer, though. Zero. 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 Yes, it it has has a lot better effect. Uh, Speaking of the effect, the the Roth effect is the uh, the podcast we're talking to Carol Roth. You know, from an economic perspective, we we see so many different things uh, being tossed out as far as what uh, Democrats want to do in terms of transforming the country. But it seems like the Green New Deal is one that I really, really have a problem with. And, And here's why. If you don't get Russia, China and India in line, because, you know, they're the three biggest polluters, then Everything we spend here will be probably the biggest waste of money we've ever had, because uh, at last check, if you don't stop the three biggest polluters, we can be as clean as we like. Uh, th- that pollution will make its way over here anyway. So uh, that—that's that's what is never brought up in the media is the fact that, uh, you know, China is, is what we have to control. And obviously, Joe Biden is, is not going to want any part of that.
2: No, I mean, it, it is so absurd. We all share the same planet. We all share the same atmosphere. If climate control is an important concern, uh, there are a couple things that you should consider. And like you said, it should be the biggest polluters. We're actually doing a great job here in America in you know reducing the level of pollution. And then the other piece of that, so obviously you have to control, like you said, Russia, China, and India. The other piece that if you were really serious about it, then you'd be having a huge push towards nuclear energy, which is the the cleanest energy uh, and the most efficient out there. Uh, and yeah. certainly we have many of the capabilities, but that's, cares everybody, because they've watched too many episodes of Simpsons, and, you know, now we can't have nice things. <laughs> so if they were really serious about it. that Those two things would be a factor. This is just another power grab disguised in a, oh, this is an important cause that's just going to shift when, you know, they get as much as they can get out, get out of it and then change it on
0: us. All right, Carol Roth, I'm going to leave you with this final question. It's an important one. Okay, 90 seconds. Now, what show had the perfect... TV show.
2: (laughs) So we've had, uh, this is a question I asked on Twitter, I asked lots of these pop culture questions. There were so many great answers. Um, On the comedy side, obviously, uh, Seinfeld and the Golden Girls out if you go way back soap phenomenal cast but then you know the drama side the wire the sopranos hill street blues i mean there's so many different amazing casts out there and that was that was one of the great things just showed like how rich of a tv culture that we have and you know if you're bored at home right now lots of great things you could be watching
0: Absolutely. And it begins and ends with the Dukes of Hazzard, by the way, as far as the perfect cast. Anytime you have a guy named Jefferson Davis Hogg and you have a Confederate flag on a rooftop, that show isn't even allowed to be on TV anymore, which is so freaking hilarious. But anyway, actually, it's sad. Carol Roth, thanks so much for joining us. First time in the uh, Sean Hannity Show with Joe Concha guest hosting. We will have you back if I'm allowed back.
2: Uh, Always a pleasure. And again, to everybody, have a very healthy and safe holiday
0: season. Joe Concha filling in for... Sean Hannity. It is the Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, that's S-E-A-N, by the way. But first, I want to tell you about Norton 360. Nothing says the holidays like chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I'm never singing on the show again. Waking up to fresh snow and eyes aglow while you shop online for deals and presents. That's actually completely how I do things. I haven't stepped foot in a store in three years, I don't think, yeah, yeah, Amazon, anyway. But all that extra holiday online activity means you could be exposed to cyber threats. Stay safer online with multiple layers of protection with Norton 360. With Norton 360, you get real-time protection against existing and emerging threats that could put your personal information at risk, including device security and a VPN, that's a virtual private network for those playing along at home, for online privacy. A VPN with bank-grade encryption, that means it's really good, it's really tight. To help keep your information like logins and passwords more secure and private when you're on Wi Fi, even public Wi Fi. A password manager that easily and securely creates, stores, and manages your passwords, credit card information, and other credentials. No one can prevent all cybercrime. Tough job. But Norton 360 is a great way to give you and your family the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Save up to get this 50% off an annual. Subscription on your first year at Norton.com/Hannity. That's Norton.com/Hannity for fifty percent off. Back with more on this show, and in just a little bit on the other side, we're going to have Derek Hunter on, and I don't know if you've ever heard Derek before. He's got a great podcast. Uh, I've joined him on the Daily Caller Caller Show, and he's one of the smartest guys that you're, you'll hear, and he's funny. I like that combination, like Carol Roth that we just had on. So we're going to talk to Derek about all things media. That's my uh, bellywick. Is that is that a, is that a word, Linda Bailiwick? I've never sweet heard of that
1: word before, but you know.
0: Okay, I'm going to go. Who with Who am I to spot.
1: question the host? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and
0: and how journalism has, forget bias, the isms have changed. Journalism to activism. That's what we're seeing now from our media at this point. We're going to talk to Derek about that and so much more. Joe Concha for Sean Hannity on this glorious Monday of Thanksgiving week. All right. The Trump legal team just put out a new statement on state certifications. Comes from Jenna Ellis. She's the Trump 2020 senior legal advisor. Quote, certification by state officials is simply a procedural step. We are going to continue combating election fraud around the country as we fight to count all legal votes. Americans must be assured that the final results are fair and legitimate. I shared this number before. Reuters, Ipsos poll: 68 percent of Trump voters believed that the election was rigged for Joe Biden thirds, more than two thirds believe that. So a lot of the country is very angry right now and they want to see this process play out. And for the media to just dismiss it and say, there's absolutely no evidence. Well, no, we haven't seen the evidence yet. Let Sidney Powell, let the legal team go through this process from a legal perspective, from an investigations perspective, and let's see what they have. But for now, for anybody to jump to one conclusion, one or the other, sorry, I'm not doing it. Anyway, I want to talk to Derek Hunter. He is a two-time all valley karate champion don't know if you knew that before you thought it was just Daniel LaRusso oh no this guy has got kicks he'll nunchuck you to death believe me uh, he's also the host of the daily daily caller podcast also a great columnist at townhall.com and when linda said who do you want on the show derek was at least my 14th thought uh, in terms of getting him on and 13 other people canceled so here you are derek you're on the big stage how are you buddy I'm good. You know, I
4: didn't, after that intro, I'm just going to hang up. I got nothing to add. I (laughs) I, I do have to say, uh, Daniel LaRusso was the two time all Valley karate champion, but he tested positive for PED. So I got it by default, still the trophy resides in my case.
0: So I don't know what, let him do that crane without some sort of steroid. I mean, that that's a, you have to be on something in order to accomplish that. But anyway, before we go off on a tangent, uh, You you write about a lot of things and you write about the political side, but our conversations usually involve media. And can you believe that Joe Biden got nearly 80 million votes basically by pleading the fifth, right, campaigning from his basement? Trust me, I'm Joe literally in his basement right now, so I got nothing against Joe's in his basements, but I'm not running for president either. So he got 15, 16 million more votes than Barack Obama. Uh, How does that happen exactly from your perspective, and where do you come down on where you see the election and what may or may not have happened?
4: Well, I would correct you in saying that he didn't plead the fifth, because in order to plead the fifth, you have to be asked a question, and he wasn't asked a question. So (laughs) he just kind of stood there, glassy-eyed, confused, and wondering where he was and what the noise was. Uh, I find it a little bit hard to believe that I grew up in Detroit, that the population of Detroit, majority African-American city, uh, would look at a 77-year-old white guy with a sketchy at-best history and racial terminology and language and go, I've got to get that. I'm going to walk through a pandemic. I will do anything to vote for that at record numbers. Uh, It was an oddly high turnout in Democrat-controlled cities, in largely Democrat-controlled states. The exception being Atlanta. I don't know what happened. It could be that maybe Joe Biden is somehow really wildly popular with the kids these days, and I've just missed it. (laughs) But it seems suspicious to me. I would love to have an explanation. I would like to cross-reference the voter rolls from this year with previous turnouts and see if anybody who hasn't shown up in the past two or three cycles who was marked as having voted this time, I'd like to get a hold of maybe 10,000 of them through a concerted effort of voter outreach and find out if they actually voted, um, because I find it kind of curious. that I, I don't know what the, the legal team is doing, but that would be where I would start, because I suspect that there's shenanigans, for a radio-friendly word, that it would start with people who haven't shown up in the past three or four cycles. You can be pretty sure they're not going to show up this time, so you don't have to have that awkward conversation of, "Hey, you've already voted." If they do, and uh, you just kind of sit there with your stylus and go to town on a on a voting booth, that
0: would be interesting. My guess.
4: I don't know, but it it certainly it's more plausible to me than. 80 million people said, looking at Joe Biden, confused and going, well, I got to have that. That needs the neutral code.
0: <laughs> uh, and we're talking to Derek Hunter. Uh, you used the word shenanigans before, and I find that interesting because it is my dream to open up a bar at the Jersey Shore, and that would be the name of the bar, Shenanigans. You think I have something there?
4: I think you'd have to. In Jersey Shore, my whole knowledge of New Jersey comes from the, the Jersey Shore. Uh, so I suspect that furniture would have to be made out of Nerf or someone would be killed in the first week of operation. <laughs> but that's just me.
0: Uh, well, we've worked shenanigans and nerf into the first uh, four minutes of this uh, interview, and I appreciate that. We're talking to Derek Hunter. Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? As, as far as our media is concerned, I went back and looked at the transcript of President-elect Trump's first press conference after he won. And reporters broached Russia or Vladimir Putin 13 times with the implication being, of course, you couldn't have possibly done this on your own. You had to have had help from a foreign adversary. Uh, And yet now we're hearing from the same media that says, the president must concede this is horrible for democracy there absolutely is no evidence of voter fraud uh, even though we haven't looked into it but that's probably why there is no evidence because i thought journalists i think is what i'm trying to say here derek is they're supposed to be curious and if sydney powell comes forth and says she has signed affidavits and she has all of this evidence instead of reporters just dismissing it outright so they could get you know likes and retweets on twitter should they be investigating this as well because it is the future of the country at stake no
4: They certainly should be at least curious or curious adjacent rather than immediately say, well, there's no evidence. Well, you know, it's amazing what you don't find when you don't look for anything. (laughs) I would say this at risk of uh, irritating Linda. And I heard your exchange earlier. I was listening earlier. Uh, Yes, you don't put all of your evidence out there, but it is as much as it is a legal battle. It's also a public relations battle. You don't want to release the Kraken just yet fine, but you should at least show a picture of the Kraken, or uh, let you see where the Kraken lives, or maybe the, the skulls of the Kraken's victims. I would like to see something more, because they've they've really promised a lot, and I'm ready to believe.
0: But I'd like to see, you know... I don't want to know. Okay,
1: so mean, hold first on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold Hey, right. guys,
0: just before you jump in, Linda, I'm going to run to the Regal Beagle right now, and I'll just let you two guys have <laughs> it. So just take it for the end of the show. Guess, well, Linda,
4: Thank all you. all I'm saying is I don't want to know what's in my Christmas gifts on Christmas morning. I'll wait till Christmas morning. But on Christmas Eve, I like to maybe do a box count. Of the wrapping box, which one has my name in it? I like to know there's something there. And but it's she
1: already stuff. did that for you. She said to you, "We're looking at Dominion. We are looking at all of these different companies: Sequoia, D. Bolt, Smartmatic, Fraction Magic, Hammer Scorecard, and we're going to let you know what we find out. And we're making sure that people know that we're asking the hard questions. That's what's I understand coming. Understand that.
4: But she's also said that she's got stuff. So like we're looking yes. at it is different than we've got stuff. If well, you've got something evidence is evidence pre trial and during the trial. It won't change. I I just I'm not saying lay me the whole strategy out. It's not that. It's that we can't give
1: you any of the strategy, because at the end of the day, Derek, there's like me, you and Joe and like 10 other people that have a clue. And then there's, you know, 38 different channels that are out there just bashing, waiting to pounce. So it's not worth it. When
4: we're in the trenches with the president, it would be nice if they supplied us with ammo. But
1: that's the difference. We're not in the trenches with the president. We're in the trenches with the republic. And the republic is well aware that if we give anything to the mainstream media, it's on like Donkey Kong. And the only time it's going to be on like Donkey Kong is when we say it is, because they have enough say right now on plenty of other stuff. So if I have to do what they say while I'm figuring out how I can tell them what time it is actually going to be, I'm going to hold that close to the chest.
4: But December 14th is coming, whether anybody's ready for it or not, and getting the Supreme Court to overturn the vote of the Electoral College is akin to I don't know lifting it up won't it won't need
1: effort. the Supreme Court. Well, what we what confident. we need is not going to require that.
4: I all I'm saying is I'm ready to believe. I just need some of the gospel preached to me.
1: Well that's the isn't that the beauty of faith though? The beauty of faith is believing in that which we cannot see and not hear.
4: Right. So you I must believe, hear, my friend.
1: Yeah, I'm so ready. you can't I see it, you God can't God, hear it, you gotta know God, it's God, there. You gotta, there. you
4: gotta feel it. Go ahead, Derek no i just i I believe in god i I have uh little trust issues with other humans. I just want to hear something I want to see something. I'm on the hook they got me. I just want more so I can write about it so I can hammer it home on my radio show on my podcast on everything I want to. Believe, but I, you know, being in the trenches with the Republic, you still need ammunition. That's all I'm saying. It's a PR war as much as it is a legal battle.
1: I 100% will give you the fact that optics are incredibly important. And unfortunately, we've got a machine—a very well-oiled Democratic machine—that knows exactly what it's doing at every turn. They were very oh, prepared for I this. I wrote a
4: book about it. I'm fully aware. Of I have machine.
1: your book. and You actually signed it for me in the studio, so you know I'm <laughs> in if the know. Rage
4: against that machine. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <they're laughs> a terrible it, band. And it's a powerful machine. Rage against machine. that machine. We've got to have some ammunition. We've got to. I'm ready to throw rocks. I'm ready to get out there. I'm just asking for a little bit more
1: you will get more I, I
4: look at the numbers they don't make any sense whatsoever to me. No. They don't make any sense whatsoever. But that is not proof. You know, the platypus. You look at the platypus. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's real. It's right there.
0: I need to Hey some, guys, some I looked it up by the proof. way. Donkey Kong came out July 9th, 1981. I know you just mentioned Donkey <laughs> Kong before. Joe. Linda so that's we went pretty from the huge. From
1: platypus to donkey. Kong.
0: Yeah, we have to, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll I mean, the studio like people that are driving career. off the
4: road, thinking they've entered Bizarro world.
0: <laughs> Probably. Well, you know what, though? You know what the biggest scam ever is, if we're talking about scams? The fact that they had Pac-Man, which also came out in 1981, and then the sequel was Miss Pac-Man. And all they had to do was put lipstick on a Pac-Man and a bow on the hair. It's the same exact game, and it sold billions of copies. No, no. is that incredible?
4: No, there are different boards on Miss Pac-Man. There is only one board on Pac-Man that you have to play forever, or... Like two boards. Why I thought, do you know but, that, Derek? <laughs> I didn't know we knew that. <laughs> well, uh, you really want to know. The other night I watched our head streaming on my computer several hours Billy Mitchell trying to commit the perfect game on Pac Man. And he played for about four hours and then got eaten. Um, that's why. All right. Then. Wow. That's very okay. That's That's a little fact. Also, for you. I watched the uh, documentary, one of the best documentaries ever The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. So I know all the. 80s video game trivia that anybody could... Sean is going to call up and cancel the show. I guess. No, it's, it's
1: not going to happen. I promise you. Nobody loves that stuff more than Sean. To come full circle, I agree with you, Derek, that everybody needs a little bit of... Uh, you know, we all need a little bit of powder in our gunpowder here. We all need... You know, in our gun, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I just want to say... The time is coming. It'll be here very, very soon. Lots of things are going to happen this week, as we all know, working in news, all of us for a very long time. When do things drop? Holidays and Fridays, without fail. Yeah. So I think this week is a very important week. Well, that's usually bad
4: news that drops, though. That's when you drop the bad news that you're firing somebody or they found the dead body. Uh, You want, if you're putting out good news, you want it to come out sooner rather than later and certainly not on a holiday. I, I
1: don't think that there are, I don't think that 2020 uh, has any good days, quite frankly. It's been pretty horrible, no. so I
4: think The 31st of December, I think, will be a good There day you go, well done. Exactly next. right. So,
1: But Absolutely. no, I think things are coming out soon and, and uh, I can't make promises because I'm not a part of the legal team but I'm close to it and I do believe that there are things coming very soon.
4: I will right, well, take that as a promise and consider you from here on out a member of the legal team.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh my god. I love
0: it. Hey hey Derek, let me let me ask you one question before we let you go and I asked this of uh Senator Rand Paul before. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I know Washington's basically getting shut down now uh and that you're, you live uh, right outside of that. So what what do you do? I mean, you're going to just uh see family members, close quarters. Uh I, you know, honestly, it's it's a tough one. It depends on I guess what kind of relatives you have, if they're vulnerable, that sort of thing. What what, what do you got planned?
4: I'm going to go burrow through the woods for nuts and berries for the family. Good for now, you. my uh, my father and mother-in-law flew into town last night. Don't tell Governor Hogan. And uh, they're here, which is nice because i got a two-year-old and a three-year-old, and I'm able to get work done now because they're not crawling all over. They're crawling all over Grandma and Grandpa. They're leaving me largely alone. So I'll be cooking a bird with all the fixins and all of that and watching them eat it all, and hopefully it's good.
0: Oh, good for them. Do they have to quarantine or anything like that flying in? No.
4: They flew in to Reagan last night. It was a ghost town picking him up. It was awesome. Wow, you never see that Reagan. That's
0: incredible. Oh, hey, he is there. They Hunter.
4: barely even know what coronavirus is. They don't. Like, they don't even have a mask mandate down there.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Hey, Derek, uh, Your your exit stage left music is is on. Uh, just uh, promote anything you like for the next fifteen seconds. I'll check out the uh, Derek Hunter podcast. It used to be the other day. Now it's just the Derek
4: Hunter podcast available wherever fine podcasts are sold for the low low price free five days a week
0: <laughs> this was my favorite segment uh, I, I gotta tell and, you outside uh, of sorry Caroline, for driving linda course. through the fourth wall but i'm glad we, i did i have a feeling you'll be coming back on uh <laughs> <laughs> in fact i know it anyway derek thank you so much appreciate it hey everybody we wrap Thanks, this guys. puppy up the sean hannity show much more well not much more but enough coming up after the break well jeopardy is set to return to production next week. Ken Jennings will be your first in a series of interim guest hosts. I personally like Conan O'Brien for the job. Everybody's going to yell at their radio now. What are you, crazy? Not him. But that that's my pick. But then again, no one's going to be able to replace the great Alex Trebek. I would hate to be the guy who follows the guy. But if Jeffrey's listening, I'll fill in for a week if you like. Like I did here with Sean Hannity. It was a fun time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully I'll be back. Linda, God willing. Have a good night. <laughs>